This is the Ordained Educator Podcast, and I'm your host, Bridget Jackson. For almost three decades, I have lived and loved doing one of the greatest passions on earth, educating. I'm an ordained educator. If you're listening to this podcast, you were destined to do what you're doing too. You were ordained to impact others. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome, welcome back, ordained educators. We are so very excited that you joined us again. This week's topic is dynamic. It's entitled, You Are the Afflatus for the Future. Now, if you're going to be the afflatus, I recommend two things. Number one, be vigilant as never before. And number two, don't get weary in well-doing. Let's get into our podcast. So today, I want you to listen and I want you to take a breath right now. Yes, just take a deep breath. Did you feel that? Your body just took in life. How did that feel? Was it worth it? Well, I'll answer for you. Yes. In fact, I'll answer with a resounding yes. We want you to breathe. We need you. Life is in your breath. But. That is something we take for granted a lot of times. Some days we breathe and we don't even recognize how that small gesture is such a great and a big deal. It's a part of life. I love to inspire and I love being inspired. I actually believe most people that I know love it as well. You I truly believe like inspiration because you're listening to this podcast and hopefully you've subscribed. So I would say that you're a person that likes inspiration as well. Well, the word inspire comes from a Latin word, which derives from the word breathe. Why would I be telling you something like this? Well, it has to go with my background. So you'd have to understand my background to understand this episode today. I'm going to take you on a journey. My mother was a consummate reader of the dictionary and she loved the etymology of them. When I was a teenager, she would share with me and challenge me on my vocabulary. She wanted me to study words and the etymology of them. What were the origins of the words, the root words, the context of the words and the current use? She had a word wall before there was such a thing in the classroom. She literally would buy index cards and write words on them and the vocabulary and then break them down and analyze them and uh, dissect them. And she encouraged me to study and prepare for the SAT during my latter years in high school. And I did, but reluctantly, only because at that time, my future aim was medical school. And I knew I needed to have Latin words in my vocabulary. And I knew I needed to especially know how to, again, dissect words. But what was really happening was even greater than that. She was establishing a love for words. She actually was establishing and setting my future for me. As a first year teacher, one of my gurus that I studied was Stephen Covey. That has never been a secret. If you've been listening to my podcast, you'll hear him come up ever so often because I actually adored Stephen Covey and his work. His book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, was like my bed pillow. I literally 
always pulled out that book and I had different things and I would really do a lot, especially before I would go to bed. However, Covey used a lot of words that were not typical in my daily use. And so when I would read some of his works, I would circle words, I would highlight the words and I would write the words at the top of the page or in the margins. And I would then go back later and read them in the dictionary. So I understood the context of the word when he was using it, but still sometimes some of the words might not have really gelled with me. So I would look them up. I still do that to this day as I read. And I would say that Stephen Covey was one of the first people that challenged me with that. And so when I read certain materials, especially for education, and when I was going on to receive my master's and my ed specialist, I definitely would do it when I was reading, again, a lot of academic readings. Some people I know do that. Have you ever done that? Words play such a vital role in our communication. As educators, whether you are a certified teacher or you're a parent that's teaching, vocabulary is an essential skill for students. It's vital. So the other day I was reading and I stumbled upon the word aflatus. Of course, I understood the word from the context of the sentences, but I was driven to research the etymology of it. And, and I, I can't even explain why. Then I understood it was divine. So it's borrowed. The word aflatus is borrowed from the Latin and literally means emission of breath or exhalation. The root word aflare means to breathe on or toward or inspire. So if you break the word apart, the original word is A-D plus F-L-A-R-E plus T-U-S. So ad is just, a, again, a addition. Flare means to blow. And tus is the suffix of verb, verbal action. I know we know the word inspire. We use it frequently. You know, that's not a word that's, I believe that's a word that's in most of our context. Vocabulary.com actually says that aflatus is a strong creative impulse, a divine inspiration. So you understand what I was saying? I was drawn to that word. I believe it was a divine inspiration. Collins Dictionary says it is a powerful impulse as if like a poet or artist. I found the word because I was reading an article and in the article, it said that one out of five teaching educators will be leaving the field. Currently, right now, we're talking about 2020. This new normal has put some demands on us that many of us can't even understand or maneuver. This podcast today is directly to encourage the four of the five. So I might not be able to do anything to grab the one. I hope I could, but I definitely want to inspire the four. So as I was reading the article, I was gearing for bed. And so I was reading it while I was in bed and I was again getting ready to, to go in for the night and it bothered me. It bothered me even into my sleep. It made me think, but it also made me question even more than just think. And the next morning I woke up with this 
inspiration. It was an inspiration like never before. I sought out the, the etymology of the word afflatus, then began to go into action with some projects. A divine inspiration overcame me. Now the word inflatus is not used as much today as it was in the 19th and early century, early 20th century rather. But I want to share it with you. I want you to think about how you breathe powerful impulses in those that you serve. I challenge you to believe that you are like the poet or the artist and you take a canvas. Sometimes for those of you that deal with the babies, an almost empty slate and create something magnificent. And even those of you that have a slate that might have things on, you actually take that, repurpose it and make another masterpiece out of it. There are so many young people waiting on us to help us guide them. With the advent of technology at the start of the new millennium, education has never been the same. I've always said children don't really have to have us to learn. I've shared that with parents for decades. Learning can be done via technology. I mean, everything that used to for our parents and our grandparents and our parents before that, they didn't have access of some of the things that we have now, you know, even books. Books are such a great thing now. If you just go back three centuries ago, that was unheard of for people to have books in an everyday home. And so we have some things at our disposal. So learning can be done via technology that even almost 20 years ago, before virtual schools came into existence, wasn't there. But today, I still say the same thing. As educators, we're not just disseminating knowledge. It's deeper than that. Children do not come to school just to get knowledge. But we are breathing inspiration in them. That is deeper than just acquiring knowledge. We're forging relationships and building relational capacity and relevance. You see, cognitive intelligence is important, but emotional intelligence has a huge impact in our world as well. So in 2020, I want to inspire you to consider two things. Number one, be vigilant as never before. And two, don't be weary in well-doing. How can you be vigilant when things are happening? One of my favorite things that I like to say is when life gives you lemons, open a lemonade stand. You hear a lot of people say, make lemonade. But I want you to take it even further. Don't just make lemonade, sell the lemonade. Make something greater out of those things that you have given. And it takes tenacity and zeal to be able to do that. And I believe that you have the wherewithal to be able to do that. I want to share with you a story about a man named Junius George Groves. He's called the Potato King. And you've probably never heard of him. I know I hadn't. Because he's not in your typical history book. But he definitely wrote history. He was from Kentucky and he went to Kansas during the exodus of the late 1800s. When a lot of blacks were moving to the West because of better opportunities after the end of slavery. Well, his walk changed his life. He literally walked from Kentucky to Kansas. He was in poverty. When he left Kentucky, 
He didn't even have a dollar to his name. Now, we know a dollar back then was a lot, but he didn't even have that. As a black man during post-slavery, in the midst of the Reconstruction period, he went from being poor to owning over 500 acres of land and creating his own community. He had tenacity and he had zeal, even though he was kind of born into what some of us would look to see as hopelessness, but he was never hopeless. He and his wife saved a sizable down payment and put it down on some land in the early 1900s. Back then, to have $1,000, to have that kind of money, to have $2,000 during that time was incredible. People laughed at him because he worked two jobs. He worked doing everything. He worked doing some of everything and some of them menial jobs. But he had a mission and a vision. And so he and his wife saved up this money. They put the money down on some land because he wanted to have his own acreages. And he was able to purchase over 80 acres of land. But when he put the money down on the land, he didn't have the full amount. He promised that he would be able within a year to pay off the rest. Well, again, to get $1,000, especially in a year back then, was unheard of. And especially with him being a black man. But he did it. He and his wife worked very hard. They did everything that they could. They saved in every way that they could save. And they put the money down on the land. It was the opportunity of a lifetime. He was now known as the Potato King. And it was during the time right before the Great Depression. He was able to start feeding people all across this country and even into Canada and Mexico. He was so powerful and needed that they had the railroad come through his property. He ended up owning over 500 acres of land, which started his own community since his people were not allowed to do certain things. So I want you to know if he could do that, despite the facts of his obstacles, I know we surely can. So don't become discouraged. So secondly, don't be weary in well-doing. Your hard work will pay off. I know we hear people say that and we're like, yeah, yeah, yada, yada, yada. But it's really true. Your hard work will pay off. I want you to think for a minute of every scientist and every inventor. And we see the inventions that come out. We're like, wow, great. But we don't see the press that was behind it. We don't see the scorn that they received. We don't see the rejection that is received. So I wanted to share with you about the history of coffee. In the 1500s, there was a whole different school than it is today about coffee. People actually shunned coffee for various reasons. You know, some people thought that it uh, brought on a form of drunkenness. Coffee houses were considered meeting centers for reactionaries. Even some people said it caused, you know, common diseases. And it was a scorn. It was a it was horrible. But you think about it now. You can't watch TV or even on your phone without coffee ads popping up. Coffee is everywhere. 
We know Starbucks has made billions on it. Think about that. If during the 1500s, the people who were pushing it had stopped. Don't be weary in well-doing. Be encouraged. You know the story about the Wright brothers. The Wright brothers were not the first ones to start flight, but they didn't give up. That was the difference. We want to be that way. We want to be tenacious. We want to be driven and this time if never before. Our children need us. Our future needs us. So let's go back to that word, aflatus. In English, aflatus is used for the literal form of inspiration. So in general, we refer to it as not uh, not your usual sudden originality. It's not inspiration like that, but it's that staggering and stunning blow of a new idea. Kind of like that epiphany that I had in the bed while I was reading this article. You are the recipient and you may not be able to explain it, but just know that you're inspired. Whatever that is right now, I know during these times that we've had the downtime, that inspiration has come to you and you might have knocked that idea out. Bring that idea back. And if it's just inspiration on, I'm going to be greater, I'm going to be better, I'm going to stay in this, then you do that because that is an aflatus for you. I'm impaled throughout with the aflatus of the future, implications of my impact on education. Likewise, I want you to be awakened and activated to your mission and your calling. After all, you're an ordained educator. Those little things that are trying to inspire you, they're not just happenstance. It is divinely and it is breathed into you because you have the ability to impact the world and make your own history. I hope you felt the flatest of this episode. And always remember, coach me and I learn. Challenge me and I grow. Believe in me and I win. You are a winner. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening today. Please check our show notes for further information and do us a favor by subscribing and sharing with others. This podcast episode was brought to you by Ubuntu Press. You can find out more at www.ubuntupress.org. Ubuntu means I am because we are.